I believe myself to be heterosexual at this point, right? Jeff Goldblum, though, he's one of those guys who you kind of get think, your hands off him. I don't even want to hear. Just shush. I don't want to hear another word out of you. But he don't is quite put sexy. Me in the middle of this fight. Do not sully. <laughs> I can't. There's there's two this. people. There's two people you can't touch. Jeff Goldblum and Magnum. Oh, Conselic. <laughs> well, so back off, Clue. Smashing Security, episode 165, Cheap Fakes, Deep Fakes, and Ashley Madison, with Carol Terrio and Graham Cluley. Hello, hello, and welcome to Smashing Security, episode 165. My name's Graham Cluley. And I'm Carol Terrio. Hello, Carol. How are you? Smug. Well, yes. Why why are you smug this week? Not smug. I was just doing my, uh, you know, I work out daily, right? And I was just listening to the New York Times, The Daily. Right. And they covered that story that we did, episode 162, the Clearview story. So they did a podcast on the whole, you know, facial recognition AI that was being brought into the cop station. These are the guys who have been scraping social media. Yeah. Well, scraping everything, yeah, yes. to get a huge treasure trove of images. Anyway, anyone who liked that story, you should go listen to it. I did a pretty oh, so good job think, of reporting it. You think no, no, the no. New York Times heard about it on you, uh, in your section of the podcast uh, a few no, weeks ago? No. She doesn't think she knows. <laughs> no, it's not what I said. They covered it originally, but because the story, I guess, has gained traction, they've down done a podcast on the daily now oh. most journalists want their stories covered on the okay. daily right. anyway okay. so go listen to it it's good All right. i had another voice there who was that <laughs> yeah i butted in hello. it's jessica barker hello jessica <laughs> hello hello thank you for having me back it's our pleasure we did try and have you on last week didn't we but we had a yeah. few technical problems yeah with the I'm audio <laughs> don't feel bad jessica because we are in the middle of course of storm is it kiara they're calling it hit in the uk which is means Kiara? Something like I that. I think it is. Yeah. Oh, okay. I think so. My little hut at the bottom of the garden, the podcast pleasure palace, as I like to call it. <laughs> the po- uh, <laughs> podcast <well>. grotto. <laughs> <laughs> it's being hit by rain and stormy winds. And so uh, if anyone hears uh, some excessive noise and wind coming from my direction, <laughs> um, <laughs> that's what it is. Uh, and on that note, Crow, what have we got coming up on the show this week? Uh, first, thanks to this week's sponsor, LastPass. Its support helps us give you this show for free. Now, on this week's show, Graham puts on his tinfoil hat and tells us about a new Wi-Fi malware. Jessica revisits Ashley Madison five years after that dreadful data breach. And I talk deep fakes and share what the tech giants are doing about it. Question is, is it enough? All this and bucketfuls more coming up on this episode of Smashing Security. Now, chums, chums, I want to know, have you heard of the Emotet malware? Nope, not in my echo chamber. No, how about you, Jessica? I've heard of it, but I don't know how well I could describe it. Well, let me explain what it is. It is a particularly professional and well-thought-out piece of malware. It's been around for a while. I think it's been around since about maybe 2013, 2014. And it is a Trojan, normally spread via spam email. So uh, it pops up in your inbox and it may... Use some social engineering to get you to click on the attachment, which will often be a Word document, or maybe it'd be a malicious so link. So typical, typical scam, they warn us about all the time. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, I think there's things worth reminding people as to how this works. So it'll be a Word document, uh, which when you open it, may display a message saying, oh, you know, to 
access the contents of this Word document, you have to enable macros and mm. help helpful users then disable the inbuilt security in Word, enable macros, and bam! Malware is downloaded onto their computer and they are infected. Now, Emotet is nasty, as I say. It's quite a professional piece of malware. It will not only try to steal your financial and banking details, and it will also try and infect other computers, right? It will look for computers which you're attached to via the network. It has built into it a really long list of passwords to try and crack into other computers and SMB shares. It will exploit vulnerabilities. It's constantly updating it. So it's quite remarkable. The people behind Emotet have been releasing, on some occasions, more than a couple of hundred of new variants of Emotet in a single day. Wow. Well, if they're targeting financial data, I'm not surprised, right? Because they're making some serious moolah out of this. One imagines they are, and they're downloading other malware as well, and the software is constantly evolving. I mean, some of the examples of things which we've seen in the past, they've been, just to give you an idea of the social engineering, um, we saw an example just last week of emails pretending to be information about the coronavirus, which, of course, we're all running around uh, like headless chickens. <laughs> no pun intended. Uh, yeah, right, yeah. A more serious kind of virus than the kind you get on your computer. Uh, we also saw emails claiming to come from Greta Thunberg, encouraging us all to save the planet. And, again, if you open those emails, open the attachments, bam, you got hit by Emotet. So lots and lots of different disguises that way. But also the functionality has been continually evolving as well. Can I just say this is a lot for the minute, by the way? <laughs> That's helpful. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's supposed to make you go. That's just maybe you got to go. D- I don't know. So imagine for a moment, Carl, imagine for a moment the uh, kind of email which are, what, what, what sort of thing would entice you to click on it or, or open up an attachment? Or you, Jessica, let's know our podcaster for a moment. What are you interested in outside of the world of podcasting? Jessica, you first. What are sort you, of uh, lure you, could be used? You're performing a little bit of reconnaissance there. I am, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Do you have a file of OSINT going on? <laughs> well, I just shared on Twitter a picture of uh, my cat and of course I was setting up for the podcast and so my cat was very interested in getting involved and getting to the microphone so you know classic one cat pictures cute cat pictures (laughs) so if Greta Thunberg sent you an email (laughs) claiming to be a picture of her cat you would open that or think twice of course anybody really frankly (laughs) with a picture of a cat crow what sort of thing would work on you oh I I tend not to look at email you know, I've noticed stop. that actually when we're trying to organise a podcast recording, it's it's, it's the way forward. Right. I, I I answer the phone when you call. Sometimes I don't know. Sometimes you seem to really? be out. Sometimes it just seems to ring and ring. Is that true, and, or are you well, are you just, lying? No, no. Sometimes it's disinformation. Sometimes. <laughs> Fake news. Fake news. <laughs> I can understand, Crow, if you sometimes want a break from work, and that's why you don't answer the phone. Right. Middle of last year things went pretty quiet on the Emotet front as well. It looked like they'd basically shut down their infrastructure and people were wondering, ooh, could the FBI be about to announce an arrest? Turns out they came back. So maybe the guys behind Emotet actually just went on holiday. There they were, their handkerchiefs knotted on their heads and their (laughs) flip-flops on. (laughs) 
Yeah, they're uh, at, where are they in Bali hanging out? Well, yeah. if they're working so hard, they're producing hundreds of new versions of Emotet all the time. They you know, need they, a break. They Everyone need a break. Needs a holiday, you know. Cyber criminals. You, R and R. You know Crime, what? Crime, life, balance. That's what I, everyone says. <laughs> <laughs> I've often thought, wouldn't it be great if cyber criminals were a bit like the French? Because the French don't what, the French wearing stylish. Well, let's not have some fashion stereotypes <laughs> about the French crawl, right? Next, it'll be a string of onions and a bicycle. <laughs> they are way better dressed than the English BTW. Well, anyway, so they're, they're not all dressed up as matelots wearing berets and things like that. But no, my point is, wouldn't it be great if cyber criminals were a little bit like the French? Because the French all go on holiday at the same time, right? The whole country shuts down, and they all head to the beach. For a couple of weeks in August. I don't think it's just the French that do that. I think it's really? basically the world when your kids are out of school, you get to go on holiday. <laughs> I know it seems crazy, but I think that's really what's going on, Graham. Anyway, I would love it if the criminals were, were to adopt so Anyway, look, the, the point is this, right? Emotet is still alive and kicking. And researchers at a security company called Binary Defense believe that they have newly discovered a feature of Emotet which has previously gone completely unobserved because it appears that Emotet can spread aggressively via the old wireless, not the radio, Wi-Fi. Oh, really? Yes. So Emotet... So a version of it, one of the versions. One of the modules which it can basically activate on your computer is this Wi-Fi module. And what it will try and do is if it's infected maybe your laptop uh, when you're downloading your pictures of cats from Greta Thunberg at Starbucks, it will hunt for other Wi-Fi networks in your vicinity. It could be a neighbour's or free Wi-Fi at the cafe or next door's cafe or a network at a nearby business. And it will try to connect to them as well. Yikes. And it doesn't matter that you don't necessarily know the passwords for your neighbor's Wi-Fi because it will try and break the password, just like it tries to break into accounts. But once it's managed to break into a Wi-Fi network and cracked the password, it will then try and infect other computers connected to that wireless network. It will scan around, see which computers. These are Windows computers, by the way. Emotet yeah, is a and Windows use its huge database of passwords. Use the passwords. It will mm-hmm. also have all kinds of way, you know, looking for common passwords, looking for computers that have file sharing enabled. In some cases, people won't even have any passwords in place. If it can't crack the passwords, it'll try and crack your admin account. It's like Tremors meets Independence Day. It's exactly like that. <laughs> so. What we have here is a mashup of Kevin Bacon <laughs> and Will Smith. Jeff Goldblum. I love Jeff Goldblum. Oh, well, don't we all love him? Goldblum, please? Goldblum. It's, <laughs> that's what, that's what I'm sure he wouldn't mind, Grace. He is. Okay, so look, I am, I'm going to declare this on the podcast. I know it's been 165 episodes. I believe myself to be heterosexual at this point, right? Jeff Goldblum, though, he's one of those guys who kind of get sing. your hands off him. I don't even want to hear. It's just shish. I don't want to hear another word out of you. But he don't is quite put sexy. me in the middle of this fight. Do not sully. <laughs> I can't. There's, there's this. two people. There's two people you can't touch. Jeff Goldblum and Magnum. Oh, Tom Selleck. <laughs> well, so back off, Clue. So this Wi-Fi spreading thing is pretty darn unusual. And for it to be built into something as professional, as I said, as the Emotet malware, is a bit of a problem. But here's the interesting thing I thought, was that when they examined 
the uh, executable, the timestamp on the executable, which does the Wi-Fi spreading, they found it dated back to April 2018, almost two years ago. Whoa. And someone submitted that file to VirusTotal, maybe to see if any security products were detecting it, round about the same time, round about May 2018. And no one spotted it. No one spotted it. And why in the would- whole, so maybe we should explain how that works, right? right so okay. viruses are sent in. All the competitors basically kind of work together when it comes to trying to dismantle these viruses and figure out what they're doing. Yeah, if you upload a file to VirusTotal, which is a service run by Google, they'll not only scan it against all the up-to-date antivirus products, but they will also share it with those security companies so they can add detection if they need to. Exactly. And if they call, you know, and someone might spot something somewhere. So basically, you have to imagine there may be hundreds of companies looking at this malware. Oh, certainly scores, yeah. And no one spotted it. So that is highly unusual. So why didn't they spot it? Well, the guys at Binary Defense have what I think is quite a plausible explanation, which is that normally when malware is tested on lab computers by a security firm, they don't have their Wi-Fi enabled. Furthermore, they are running inside a sandbox or virtual machine which quite possibly is not emulating a Wi-Fi card. And so Emotet will say, oh, I don't need to engage my Wi-Fi module. So you won't actually see it trying to do this thing. So security researchers are out there listening to our podcast. My goodness, what are you doing? It's something certainly to consider is that you need to really emulate accurately the kind of computer with all of its add-ons and all of its plugins and all of its hardware that a true piece of malware would be infecting in the wild. And sometimes your emulation may not be close enough. Okay, I was just going to get in my soapbox and say, but come on, this is the first piece of malware that we know of in a long time that has done something <laughs> like it? this. But exactly, is it? Is it? Is it? Is it? We don't know. <laughs> so folks, to defend yourself against this, you obviously need to start using really strong passwords to secure your wireless networks which I suspect many people don't have because, of course, Wi-Fi networks quite often are things where you want to tell your pals when they come round or if it's in a cafe, it's something simple for people to type in rather than a whole load of long gobbledygook. In my anecdotal little life experience, Mm. I would say that maybe 75% of the places I go to where I need to hop on to someone else's Wi-Fi, it is the default password. Right. There was some research, um, I think it was Nationwide did some research into this and found basically everyone is using the default password. Because I think the password looks so complicated now, they've done a good job. It's not just cat meow meow anymore, right? They kind of make this long kind of complex password. And I think people are intimidated by that password and think I couldn't make better than that. So I'll just stay with it. And at least it's written on the thing. They don't even think they can put a sticker on their machine. Yeah. And I think people think it looks secure. And why would I change it? Why would I need to change it? I think there's... So you're talking about the password to connect to the admin console, right? On the router. Is that right? Yes. Or just getting access to the Wi-Fi system. Right. just Just to hop on. Oh, I see. Okay. Yeah. Well, I think a lot of places these days will just have a... I mean, if you're in a cafe, for instance, you might find... The, the password will be something like milkshake. You know, it'll be a dictionary word. It's like they have a password. It's written on a blackboard. Or yeah, and wall. you can see why. They don't want to yeah. sit there and go, okay, it's small M, one <laughs> L, capital L, no cap, small M, one, right? So let me give you some other tips for protecting yourself against Emotet, because even if this Wi-Fi component doesn't particularly worry you, Emotet generally should. Obviously, don't open attachments you didn't ask for or expect. Don't do what a Word document tells you to do. So if it tells you to turn off 
macro protection, uh, or rather to enable macros. Don't do it, because that's risky. Run up-to-date antivirus software with behavior blocking enabled. And another thing, other than patching regularly, is uh, maybe block users from being able to access PowerShell by default, which is part, as part of the setup of Windows computers, and it's something which the infected Word document will try and activate to try and infect your computer with Emotet. So most people won't need PowerShell, so try and disable it. I have a bit of easier advice for okay, me. Hop good. on to your advice yes. here. Stop having FOMO, guys, okay? Just don't read the emails that you don't expecting. Just oh, just live in ignorance. That's yes. your, that's your yes. attitude to just life, Just read girl. the emails that are important because you've asked to request them. You don't have to read every single thing that anyone sends you. It's don't true. worry. Life will carry on. You Everything's get, fine. You can get through a lot of life without opening email attachments. It, the world carries on. <laughs> and if you have any other tips, please email them through to us at studio at smashingsecurity.com where I will read them, but Carol won't. <laughs> no, but you'll tell me about them. <laughs> Perfect, Graham. Symbiotics. Perfect. Jessica, what's your story for us this week? So my story this week is uh, we're taking a bit of a look back um, and we are looking back at the Ashley Madison breach um, in light of a revival of Ashley Madison extortion scams. And this is about four or five years after the breach. Yeah. So we've seen reports in the last couple of weeks that actually hundreds of people who used Ashley Madison have received targeted emails in January of this year, threatening to expose embarrassing data from the breach to their friends and their family on social media. Are you kidding me? So five years on, they're still under attack. So probably when people are thinking... Okay, you know, it's it's gone away, it's done. I've gone away with it. Time ago, yeah. I've changed my name, I've changed my password, (laughs) I have a new wife. (laughs) It's all done and dusted, we can move on. And unfortunately, we know it is never as simple as that when it comes to cyber criminals. And so, yeah, what we found is these extortion scams coming in again via email and threatening people that unless they pay a Bitcoin ransom of about a thousand pounds, this embarrassing data is going to go out to their contacts. Horrendous. So like so many social engineering scams, it is playing, of course, on emotion, trying to shame people for being users of Ashley Madison, trying to shame them into paying up, and also using the classic time pressure, saying that payment has to be made within six days. You know what? Maybe maybe we need the dawn of the robots to start now, because at least they're not going to be emotional about this stuff, Right. They'll be Absolutely. able to withstand these kind of attacks. Sorry, what, what you're suggesting the destruction of the human race just to no, cure the Ashley Madison. And we're going to coexist. Maybe we could coexist, right? We already coexist. This was the whole thing with Ashley Madison, is that 98% of the women up there were actually <laughs> fembots. That's so true. They weren't actually real women. And that, that, by the way, should be one of people's defects. So if you have been caught out by the Ashley Madison breach and you're worried about being, well, it's getting very, very rainy here. Um, if you're, if you're can worried I just, about... Can we just interrupt for a second and yes. tell our listeners that we are doing this in effectively a deluge. Yes. A deluge. And this is how much we care about our listeners and this show. The water is actually rising up above my ankles as I speak. <laughs> Keep going quicker, quicker. <laughs> Have you got a dinghy ready? <laughs> a paddle, a bucket. He'll just his back, he'll be fine. <laughs> but anyway, if you, if you need a lifeboat to protect you from the Ashley Madison breach and your partner finding out, one of the defences is... 
they weren't real women. They were bots. Um, <laughs> uh, another one is they never actually bothered to confirm your email address, which is how yeah. sometimes very famous people were actually found in the email. So you could enter, I don't know. Boris Johnson's at gov.uk or something. You could enter his email the address. The thing is, though, right, they would have emailed probably tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of email yeah. addresses that were associated with Ashley Madison five years ago. Yeah. So they are taking up, I'm going to guess they're having a punt, right? They're not yeah. going to check every single, you know, social media account to try, of to try and figure out who your wife or girlfriend is to embarrass you or your mom and your whatever, your nan. They're trying their luck. They're trying to look, although it's scary giving that advice because if everyone just went, oh, well, thanks, phew, I'm not going to worry now. And then suddenly, dun, 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 right? And I guess that's what people people reading the emails might be thinking, like, oh, well, maybe they're trying their luck or maybe right. they're not. And yeah. And you're weighing up risk. the risk, aren't you? Yeah. Even yeah. if it's a tiny percentage chance. You might be a little bit worried. but, but I, I mean, like your excuse, Graham. Digital masturbation. Well, That's hey, what well, I was well, using it for. It's, it's not it's, it's not specifically my excuse. Can I just stress <laughs> that? These aren't excuses I have yeah, had to yeah. deploy. I, I have heard from one person. I remember one person who contacted me who said that um, they were in the Ashley Madison breach, not because they were looking to have a relationship with someone or anything like that, but because someone else had contacted them and said, I think my husband is on this site, or I think my wife is on this oh, site. Oh, amateur private investigator. That's right. what I was doing there. Brilliant. So if you did that, if you presented yourself like that, then you could be this knight on shining armor. And uh, and we know so how I fall for it. Tom Selleck, who basically played a private, you know, a PI. <laughs> so, so yeah, I would, I would fall hook line for that one. Yeah, just don't tell a my good husband, friend, darling. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't judge me for being a good friend. Exactly. <laughs> but we really, we really need to catch these scumbags who are who are yeah. doing this because I mean, I've in the past I've been forwarded uh, actual physical letters that people have had posted to them, wow. claiming to be from the Ashley Madison blackmailers, and they've been saying, "Look, we're sending this to you this time, but next time we're going to address this to Mrs. Smith oh. rather than Mr. Smith." Wow, it is awful, isn't it? You know, we can joke Horrendous. about it, but at the same time, it's, it is so awful to think there's people out there that are, are playing on people's emotions. And we know that Ashley Madison has had some really serious consequences, including reported suicides. And yeah. so you wonder what this latest round of extortion demands is, is going to result in. One other excuse you can use. If you're terrified of this, if you have, because I, I really feel strongly about this. We need You've to thought about people. this a lot, haven't you? Well, because I've been contacted by so many of the victims, yep. right? Of course, of course. Uh, well, I don't know why they contact me, but no, I'm not, right? No, not no, no because you might know about this stuff, but, right? <laughs> right, steady. But but is that this breach was quite a few years ago now? Five and years. The data which story. was the data which was exposed went back even further. So it might be that you joined the site maybe only for a week. Long, long before you joined your current relationship. So it doesn't mean you're cheating on your partner now. It doesn't mean that you ever cheated on your partner. As I said, it was mostly fembots you were speaking to anyway. So you were an idiot for joining the site and giving them your credit card details, but you weren't necessarily, you know, dipping your dongle anywhere. <laughs> do you Jesus think Christ. it's advisable, Graham, since you're quite an authority on this topic? Do you think it's advisable for I'm people to ask for proof in these situations? No, 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 no. Don't reply. Don't don't do anything to make them want to come back to oh, you. Oh, so do what I do every day. Don't even read your email. Oh, here we go. This is I'm this just, is 
See, you have the advice to. straight away, you know? Just don't read the email. I guess, Carole, if your husband was caught up in the Ashley Madison breach, you'll never find out about it because even if the scammers do contact you with the evidence, you just simply uh, won't open it. Yo, I would know about it. I would. <laughs> he's, he's a big guy. I would know. What? In 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 the industry, I mean. Oh right, yes. <laughs> oh right, okay, good. <laughs> Carol, what's your topic for us this week? Keep it clean. Welcome, my dear dear friends, to yes. the new world of disinformation. Ah. It is a crazy place where we now have to learn to question everything we see, hear, and read, and. Uh, there's a lot of irony in that in a way, because most of us firmly believe we know way better than other people who hold different views from us. Yes, I do. Yet in the dawn of the disinformation age, how can you be so sure? Fairly confident. Graham, out of 10, how hot do you think you are? Hot? Yeah. At the moment, with water around my ankles. <laughs> you mean physically attractive? Yeah. Well, I find myself very physically attractive. I have to say, I, I have no problems in that department. <laughs> That's all that matters. Okay, and what about brains? Out of 10, oh, what would you say? Oh, my goodness gracious. <laughs> Let's just give us your own, you know. Out of 10? Yeah, yeah. It's just, it's very, why are you doing this to me? It's very, un- very uncomfortable. I mean, obviously, you know, I I think I'm... I think you're pretty freaking smart, I, don't I, you? Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty, pretty bloody clever, yeah. I think I'm pretty, pretty clever. Most people think that they're more intelligent and better looking than the average person. And because yet, they're obviously- idiots. That's why. They're idiots. <laughs> it's called actually there's a name for it. it's called illusory superiority it's a <laughs> condition me. of cognitive bias where a person mm. overestimates their own qualities and abilities mm. over those of other people yes anyway interesting now sorry i digress google facebook and twitter yes. say they are working very hard to push back against this disinformation campaigns that are going on Hallelujah, right? You mean fake newsy stuff? That's what you mean by disinformation, right? Yeah, got a few things, right? So we have Smashing Security listener George emailed us to tell us about Google's parent company launching a free tool called Assembler. And this is to sort real images from fake ones. And it's being kind of touted to journalists. And Facebook recently instituted a new policy that bans deep fake videos, or at least some deep fake videos. And it's, you know, a step in the right direction against, you know, the battle against fake news. Uh Uh-huh. And even Twitter says it'll ban faked pictures, videos, and other media that are deceptively shared and pose a serious safety risk. All right. Yeah. So it seems that they're all trying to do something to stem the flow of disinformation, you know, you, you read this and you think, God, you know, do these tech kings have a heart? You know, do they care? No, they don't, no. Well, <laughs> it brings me to the recent U.S. State of the Union address where Mr. Trump delivered a um, controversial State of the Union address, shall we say. I heard it was the best State of the Union address ever. <laughs> I have it from a very reliable source. It was marvellous, fantastic. <laughs> The smartest. And it was a lot better than any that Barack Obama ever gave. (laughs) (laughs) And it got super ratings, I bet. It was pretty pretty stellar because uh, it was 78 minutes long. But Mm -hmm. the speech was bookended by two dramatic events. Both of these involve Mr. Trump and Nancy Pelosi. So the first one is where Nancy hands her hat out to shake his hand and he appears to reject her handshake. 
Was her hand too big for his or something? What was the, what was the <laughs> He issue? didn't want it to look... Well, he doesn't like touching people. Oh, yes, he's meant to be a germaphobe, isn't he? Maybe he hadn't pureled or something. Yeah, that's why he says that that thing never happened in Russia with the, with the ladies. <laughs> <laughs> and the other dramatic thing that happened is at the end of the speech, Pelosi rips up the copy of his speech. Okay, dramatic, dramatic. Oh, okay. okay, so right. here's what happens. Right. After he concludes his, um, you know, his address, Pelosi, with a splash of flourish, I might add, right? She did have a bit of flourish, rips the mm. paper in half um, that she had in front of her. Now, I saw that and I thought, okay, she must have obviously practiced doing that because sometimes, uh, you know, you try and rip something, you don't do a very good job of it. But she, she handled it quite well. Yeah, good thing it wasn't like the plastic money we have now. Yes, that's hard to rip, isn't it? Right. She starts chewing it, sucking on it, won't even rip. <laughs> exactly, live. That would have not been good. As a... I wondered if she had a backup plan, like she actually had a cross-cut paper shredder, which she was going to plonk on the desk. Or maybe just a hole punch, and she just went manic at it and just kept going. <laughs> you know, it was pretty good, but it wasn't as good as Wendy Dang protecting her hubby Rupert Murdoch oh, during Phone Gate, yes. was it? Yes. Like, it wasn't as good as that. <laughs> Uh, when asked by reporters uh, why she tore up the speech, she said it was the courteous thing to do considering the alternative. So so that happened. What, what, which, which, hang on, which would be what, to wipe her bum on it? What would, what was the alternative? <laughs> she couldn't have done that, surely. Is that what she means? Yes, yes Graham, that's exactly what she's referring to. Oh, my Nancy. Steady. The fact that you jumped to that, Graham. <laughs> Okay, you are spreading disinformation as you freak out. Okay. okay. But right. then, but then. Okay, so this all happened. This all happened. This is bona fide truth as far as I know, right? From many right. Okay. reliable yes. sources. But then of course, Trump the retweeted this. Now, Graham, I've put it in the document. Maybe you can describe okay, it. Okay, so this is a retweet from Donald Trump, and he is tweeting a guy called Dan Scavino Jr. And it would... It says, it would be so terrible if this video hits 10 million views as Nancy doesn't want Americans to see how disgraceful she really is. And the thumbnail says, powerful American stories ripped to shreds by Nancy Pelosi. Okay, so if you go look at the link now, right. which is a video. Okay, yeah, okay, I'm going to it. Purportedly taken during the State of the Union address. There's some air pilot stand-ups. Oh, oh, golly. Right. Okay, so so Trump has just given some respect to some chap who obviously was in the military. You know, some old... Yeah, one of the first black fighter pilots. And then we cut to Nancy Pelosi ripping up the piece of paper like she's disrespecting this guy. Yeah, like she's condemning the man's honorable mention. Ouch, right? So Ooh. Pelosi's office, obviously not pleased reach out to Twitter and Facebook and ask, you know, right. can you guys take this down? But both Twitter and Facebook, who may have a heart, yeah. have declined to do so. Yeah. yeah. Are you surprised? Is that, I mean, hmm. Is it because it's satirical or it, because it's not funny? No, it's, it's obviously designed to disrespect Pelosi and make her hated amongst some people who would be watching this and be shocked. But in a way, now I haven't watched this whole video, right? I've just watched the first few seconds because that's what I'm like. But it it, it could be saying by ripping up the speech, she is ripping up everything which he said. And so I think what the point of this video is surely that he said some good things which were respectful to other people and she's kind of disrespecting everything 
by ripping it up. So they're sort of making a point, a rather pointed political point, by editing the truth in this way. Pelosi's Deputy Chief of Staff, Drew Hamill, certainly does not agree with you. He said right. on Friday that the editing is, quote, deliberately designed to mislead and lie to the American people. And he's condemned Facebook and Twitter for allowing the video to stay up on the social media sites. Now, according to the Associated Press, researchers say that the Pelosi video is an example of a, get this, cheap fake video rather than a deep fake video. Cheap fake? <laughs> and the difference between the two of them is that one, they've both been altered, but not with sophisticated AI, like in a deep fake. So, yeah. so long yeah. as they use cheap tools to do it, it seems it's carte blanche. Interesting. So that's the defense. It was it was shoddily done. So <laughs> we'll leave it up. In an interview on Sunday, um, Andy Stone replied to Hamill, right, who had uh, who had basically said they're misleading the American people. And he replied on Twitter saying, sorry, are you suggesting the president didn't make those remarks and the speaker didn't rip the speech? So to your point, those things did happen. But you know the power of editing. Exactly. Do you think there's anyone really dim enough to believe this is actually the order of events? This is how it occurred. I don't think it's a dim issue. I don't think that that is the problem. Let's go back to that illusory uh, condition you have, Graham, illusory right. superiority. Yeah. Yes. Turns out that I think most people have it when it comes to information. So most people think, right. well, I wouldn't fall for this, and no one will, or I would never fall for something like this. But if it was Gary Kasparov playing some big chess final, coming back, you know, and to do a final chess game, right? You would be all over that shit. It's also if it aligns with what you already think or what you want to believe, people are more likely to. Yeah, it's in their echo chamber. It it reinforces your existing beliefs, absolutely. It does seem a little bit naughty, and it reminds me somewhat. Oh, you think it's naughty that uh, that the President Trump retweeted that? Yeah, I do actually. I think it's irresponsible. But then what do you expect from <laughs> Because this this chap actually, this chap who tweeted this. I'm just reading. He's the director of social media at the White House. Oh, wow. So he's not nobody. No. He's Oh, well, this is this it's is It's kind of disgusting. I agree because you kind of I don't know, it's just playing dirty and it just makes you feel Yeah. Yeah. Now, I should mention this is not the first time Pelosi uh, has pushed back against doctored online content. You might remember the video released last year uh, was slowed down to make her seem like she was slurring her oh, words. Yes, yeah, I remember. I think yes. we talked about that in episode yeah. 143. Oh, yes, it was 143. I did my research. <laughs> I did what you did last week. <laughs> Yeah, it's 143. Excellent episode. Vintage. Yes. You know, but Graham, like, think about it, right? You go around telling the whole world I have huge feet. Oh, I wonder what you're going to say there. Yes. Well, you do. You do have big feet. Don't be proud of it, Carol. Compared to whom? Are you a chiropodist? Compared to me. I've got small feet. Yeah, but are your feet normal? (laughs) No, they're not. They're quite small. Like, what do you know of feet exactly? How many feet have you studied? I think we're sisters in feet, actually. I have, I have. Fairly substantial size feet. Jessica, Jessica, be very careful trying to compare your foot-sized curls because I think you're going to come off worse. If we're going to have a foot off. If you want our listeners to, to trust you and believe you, Graham, maybe you've got to stop talking shit. 
Wow. My feet ain't too big. <laughs> wow. And on that bombshell, I think we're ready for sponsors. <laughs> Okay, I'm not going to lie to you. Passwords often are a pain in the you-know-where, but they don't always have to be. Take, for instance, LastPass's single sign-on feature. Now, single sign-on is very cool because it is integrated with more than 1,200 different applications, applications that your users need to do their jobs. And this simplifies accessing those applications, making it far more streamlined. Want to learn more? Check it out at lastpass.com forward slash smashing. On with the show. And welcome back. Can you join us on our favorite part of the show, the part of the show that we like to call Pick of the Week? Pick of the Week. Pick of the Week. Pick of the Week is the part of the show where everyone chooses something they like. Could be a funny story, a book that they've read, a TV show, a movie, a record, a podcast, a website, or an app. Whatever they wish. Doesn't have to be security related necessarily. Should not be. Well, my pick of the week this week is not security related. Well done, Clue. It is. 160th time. <laughs> it is a website and it's called Grumpy. Oh. It's called, the URL is grumpy.website and it is a blog. I'm going in right now. Which rants and gives examples about bad user interface design. Oh. And problems. Uh, I have one at the moment, which I saw is actually mentioned on this, which is whenever I... So I have an iPhone, and whenever I try and share something with someone else, I press the little share extension-y button thing. And it, whatever I do, it tells me that I can share via messages. And I can share with messages to my next-door neighbor, who I've only ever sent a message to once in my life. <laughs> And I cannot remove her from that list. I do not want to share any messages. You don't want her there as an accidental share message. Certainly not. (laughs) Certainly not. Does she listen to the show? Uh, No, she does not as far as I am aware. You'd have Uh, to hope not. But she is lovely, but I wouldn't like to embarrass myself any more than I already have done by living next to her. Um, but, um, but, you know, it's things like that and that, that you have got a long catalogue. Or My all dad kinds would of love irritating this. things about web pages, about user interface design. It's all there. Now, I um, what I find ironic about this is that I actually have a complaint about the Grumpy website's own design of its website, which really infuriates me and infuriated me when I went to it. That is beautiful. I love that. Well, I think I know what it is. Okay, let's see if I'm right. Well, grumpy.website you can go and check it out for yourself it has a page which is infinitely scrolling yes is that what you spotted no i thought you would think that it doesn't go into two columns or three columns when widened no uh no that uh, that i'm all right with that but um i cannot stand in fact my dislike for infinitely scrolling websites is never-ending um, because I like to get to the bottom of a page, because I would love to tell you who the individuals are who are behind the oh, grumpy let website. Me tell you. I'll just go slash about, shall oh, I? All right. Does that work? Oh no! Oh, there you go. <laughs> well, I would like to go to the bottom of the page. Now, I, I, I do know how to view source, and so I would be able to do it. But if I scrolled down, it just keeps on reloading more and more entries, and I can't stand. Uh, you and I used to run a website that did that. Did it? Yeah. I it bet did. I complained about it. 
<laughs> well, no, you complained about everything constantly. So make, this didn't stand out, actually. Did I email you and you just never... <laughs> <laughs> Jessica, what's your pick of the week? So my pick of the week is a book that I, I haven't finished, I must confess, but I started reading a book this weekend called The Courage to be Disliked. Oh, you should just ask Graham. <laughs> Um, and it, it's interesting. I'm about halfway through and I would describe it as a philosophical exploration of psychology. And it's very interesting. It's written as a dialogue between a young disillusioned guy and uh-huh. an older psychologist. Ah, yeah. So it took me a while to get used to the format. It does feel or it felt to me a little bit clunky, a little bit forced to begin with. But now that I'm into it, I actually think it works really well as a format. And it harks back to how philosophy was founded and, you know, this kind of idea of a debate and a dialogue between different people. So, as I said, I'm only halfway through and I'm still, I feel like I'm processing it. It's the kind of book I might need to read a couple of times, but it's very thought provoking. And I think it contains some helpful perspectives on life, you know, on how we view ourselves and how we interact with other people. There's a lot of focus on um, the problems that we have as humans stemming really from our interpersonal relationships with others. Oh, I was just going to say, you're reminding me of two things when you were talking. So one is, have you read Sophie's World? This is like old, like 90s, 80s, maybe. And it's a similar, similar concept of like some, it's like a young kid who's kind of learning about philosophy. And it's kind of done as an introduction. I think that was, I think the whole idea is taken basically probably back from, okay, I sound like such a geek here, but it's it's called the Socratic method. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Yeah, exactly. So that's the way they've approached this. And um, it's interesting. Uh, Lots of kind of lessons come through. And one that's really resonated with me is about feelings of inferiority. Mm. And basically saying we all have those. Every human being is going to have feelings of inferiority. They're completely normal. And actually, they're fine when we use them to to better ourselves or propel us forward ah, or help us identify Propel us forward. Goals. I think I know what you're thinking, Jessica. You're worried that your feet are inferior to Krill's. <laughs> And uh, you know. I can assure you that they will be smaller than crows, but don't it has been they can still propel you forward. It's, uh, it's been plaguing me. You know, are my feet good enough to share shoes with Carol? <laughs> and I'm going to get the answer to that question one day. <laughs> we should talk sometime, honey. <laughs> we should. We really should. Um, they, they aren't a problem when we use them positively, but when we associate them with stopping us doing something, when we think, oh, I can't, wear high heels because my feet are too big or I can't borrow shoes because my feet are too small um this actually turns into an inferiority complex and what I found interesting was the link then to that actually turning into a superiority complex so basically if we feel so bad about something we think it limits us and we can't do something we will quite quickly try and turn that into us feeling superior over people because we basically as humans can't cope with feeling deeply inferior for a very long time. Graham, look, it's okay that you have small feet. Yeah, I'm now (laughs) feeling inferior because I feel so superior. I'm just, this is an endless loop. Yeah. Oh my goodness, this is disaster. 
Well, the good the good news yes. is, according to the book, there is hope. <laughs> we need to move away from competing with others. So, Graham, you know, you may be jealous yes, of our feet. I am. But you shouldn't compare yourselves to our, frankly, objectively superior feet. Well, larger. You should instead just no, focus superior on... in all ways. <laughs> when, when have we ever walked somewhere and you have had a more, an easier time of it than me? Like anywhere in the world. <laughs> but if you, if you keep competing, that way just leads to folly. And instead... <laughs> See, Graham, folly. Just focus on being folly. your best self. Live your best life rather than trying to live the life of others. Maybe we could get you some, like, you know, bigger shoes and fake feet. You know, there's 3D printers Well, like now, clowns, yeah. like clowns have. <laughs> or like a Sasquatch. You see, you see, this is you trying to be superior again. This is you dealing with your inferiority by trying to belittle people with maybe better feet. I'm going to send you some chunky socks, Graham. That's all you need. <laughs> You can double up on you them. You know what's depressing yeah. to me is this isn't even the end of the show. We've still got to get through Carol's Pick of the Week. <laughs> I just don't know how much more of this abuse I can take. <laughs> this, is a, this has been a terrible psychological experience for me. Oh, yes. Yeah, now you're playing the victim. Oh, even though God. you're the one oh. who attacked their feet originally. Oh. What have I done? I've just thrown a grenade. <laughs> Come on again, Carol. What's your Pick of the Week? Oh, well, mine's great. It's a BBC podcast yes. that I've just listened to called Fake Heiress, or Heiress, depending on where you come no from. No one's... What? Um, Does, do people say Heiress? <laughs> well, people say herbs and herbs. They do do that, yes. They do do that. Huge um, and huge. And huge, <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> Um, so this is a six-parter, uh, and it's like half investigation, half dramatization, right. which is kind yeah. of a cool format. Right, yeah. And it's of a 20-something woman who cons socialites, hotels, and even banks into letting her live the high life. And she got away with it in New York City for years. Wow. So she is Anna Delvey, okay? This is, this is how she presents herself, right? As a wealthy oh. German heiress. Oh, I think I've heard of her before. Have you? Yes. And uh, she uh, claimed to belong to the, an international jet set, and she had an Instagram account, uh, you know, glamorous, and, you know, <laughs> she had art launches and filled her days with VIP parties and stayed at Lux Hotels. But she really was Anna Sorokin, and she had no family fortune whatever. Her parents were Russian immigrants who moved to Germany when she was a teenager, and she invented the heiress, heiress <laughs> persona seemingly as a bid to fit in with the elite circles. And then took it to unfathomable extremes. Seriously, it's actually shocking. So I say, go check it out. It's on BBC Sounds, wherever you get your podcast, and it's called Fake Air refs. <laughs> I can't even say it anymore. I've got myself into. Surely the BB. Surely at the beginning. The BBC will say you're listening to fake airs or something like that. Yes, but I'm not English, so you know I don't talk like this. Yeah, all the time. Yeah, sorry about that. <laughs> well, that just about wraps it up for this week on Smashing Security. I hope you've enjoyed the show, uh, Jessica. I'm sure lots of our listeners would love to follow you online. What's the best way for folks to do that? You can find me on Twitter at Dr. Jessica Barker. Marvellous. And you can follow us on Twitter at Smash Insecurity, no G. Twitter wouldn't ask to have a G. And on Reddit as well. Uh, we have a thriving Smash Insecurity subreddit. So come join us and chat about the show. 
And don't forget, if you want to be sure never to miss another episode, subscribe in your favourite podcast app. Do it now. Do it. <laughs> Go and find Smashing Security in your podcast app and you'll never miss a single episode. Now, big shout out to all of you for listening this week and supporting us with a few dollars on Patreon and giving us sweet-ass reviews. Also, a huge thank you to this week's Smashing Security sponsor, LastPass. Its support helps us give you the show for free. Check out smashingsecurity.com for past episodes, sponsorship details, and information on how to get in touch with us. Until next time, cheerio. Bye-bye. Bye. There we go. We did it. That was, that was lively. Yes. Cool. In a rainstorm. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. How, yeah. <laughs> no, it's cool. It's cool. We were honest about it. Who cares? Well, the water has now actually reached mid-thigh. So, uh, oh. yes. Oh. Right. Are you are you wanting to so go to the bathroom? <laughs> are you wanting to go to use the little boy's I don't think it's a... I'd have to go outside. It's not a pool, Graham. It's not no. a pool. <laughs>